Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Psychovetical Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Kirkpatrick. I apologise, I've not done any uh, podcasting for a while. It's funny when you f- when you feel you've got an unlimited amount of time, you kind of feel like you. you do, <laughs> time seems to mean nothing, doesn't it? When you have so much of it, so uh, I don't I don't feel like I've been on such a tight deadline. But but I apologise. Oh, there I am tutting again. Um, I thought I thought what I'd do is a friend of mine, Kelly Cords, is currently reading chapters from his book, uh, The Tower. I think he's reading one every every other day. And I went like Kelly's like a like a fantastic uh, fantastic writer. I'll try and remember to put the a link a link for it somewhere in my in the in the podcast. And I thought. I thought I'd maybe do like I'd probably steal the idea. Uh, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read a whole book, but uh, I, I had a, I've had a few questions from people because about writing because I think a lot of people are sat on their asses with nothing else to do. So every everyone every all of a sudden everyone wants to start writing the memoirs. And uh, I had a like a phone call the other day from some famous like mountain biker who wants to write his memoirs and. You know, so everyone's got like time on their hands, and the the thing the thing about writing, I think I've mentioned this in other podcasts. Often people will say, "Oh, I've, I've I'm just retiring. I'm going to start writing." And uh, writing is a little bit like saying, "I've just I'm I'm going to re- I'm retiring. I'm going to start like open heart surgery." Like ri- like writing is uh, is a is a skill. It's like taking up like becoming a carpenter or something it's not it's not necessarily something you can just do you know straight off the bat <laughs> well some people some people can but it's there's there's there's, there's a quite a lot to it so so that's what I thought I was gonna thought what I might do I'll, I'll probably try and do this every other day because I can't be doing it every day because I've got too much to do so I am actually I am actually trying to finish I, I am finally getting to the end of finishing my book my down book which is really uh really cool like like this whole this whole stuff that's going on i don't it doesn't seem to it doesn't seem to be changing my life at all like i seem to spend my whole life by myself uh, not doing anything like just like sat in one place doing writing and stuff so for me it, it, it doesn't not really in fact it's been quite good because i've not had to do other, anything else so but i am i'm finally getting to the end of my down project now vanessa my wife is currently uh proofreading it and as and as each as each chapter is proofread it's like sent off to several people who can basically call call me out for for some things and there's a, there's a few things which have been quite good because vanessa has been able to say this doesn't make any sense or would you really do this or because because what one thing in the book i try to make sure that everything in the book is something i've actually done in the past it's not like full of like weird you know kind of like forum kind of like oh why don't we make a you know like a cordlet out of you know like 15 millimeter rope and it'd be super strong and blah 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 so it's so it's, it's it's trying to be very sticky sticking to practical stuff that you might need or you, you know so 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 it's been quite good she's been like saying this is this isn't gonna work and yesterday like I've got, I had something in there. It's uh, a, um, I call it like a buddy block. So if there's two of you and you're abseiling, and one person's only got a grigri, another person's got a grigri and a bele device, then it's this this buddy block where the one person blocks the rope with a bele device, and the other person can just wrap on one rope with a grigri. And I had like a diagram, I'd written it out, but actually, I'd actually 
missed out like an important thing so she was like this is this this does actually work i was like yeah yeah i've, I've, I've done that she's like does it actually work so you have to run run out like all my climbing a lot of my climbing stuff is like in a different country so i don't have any but i had enough climbing stuff to go and set, set it up and i realized it didn't, it didn't actually work how i'd written it down so i had to like rewrite it do redo the diagram and uh and in, in that if you want to know how it works is you basically so you've, you've got your rope through this only really works if you're on abseiling on um sort of fixed b layers like wrap rings and things is you uh you have the rope fed through and generally you know you use like this blocking technique usually where you tie a knot in the rope and you clip it into the other rope and one person you know everyone abseils on one rope and then you pull it back down if you've only got a single rope uh you know repelling device like a grigri so th this was this was just a technique where you you put on your belay device your normal your normal you know descent um belay device onto the rope and then you uh you put your your prusik loop on as well ready to abseiling down and then you just like twist you just twist them all around twist the you twist the rope around above the belay device and then you clip the belay device into the into the uh the wrap ring or, or the mayon or whatever and it because because the rope's twisted it won't it can't move and then the person the other person just wraps on the rope on one rope with a grigri and then you just unclip it untwist you clip it into your harness and you have sail back down so it's, it's just um you know anything like that so so at the moment Vanessa is uh, is reading through it, and each chapter is being sent off to people. I'm just getting these final, final little uh, little things. And is it? It's always when when you do a, a project like this, like it, it's so uh, it's so in, it's so intense. Like if I was writing just like a fictional book or a book like a biographical book, it would be it would be easy because it's not so it's not so it's not that it's not it's not so difficult it's not there's no like problem if it's wrong like I, in um cycle verticals there's a chapter where i'm abseiling down this face north face of the dwats and we end up on this like blank piece of rock and the only pit on we could find the only anchor was like a, a knife blade in a horizontal crack and it went in about like one inch and we had to uh, pull the ropes down and then just a rappel off this uh, this single pit on and uh, Esmond Trezida, who was like climbing partner, and like like I'd actually read the story about Mug Stump and Jim Bridwell doing exactly the same thing on the on the I think it was on the Moose Tooth in Alaska, and I'm like you don't have to clip into the the pit on when I'm abseiling on it because if it pulls out you're gonna you're gonna die you're gonna get pulled off by me, and um and it, we're we're on like a, a ledge which is probably like a foot like a foot long little ledge. So you could actually stand in balance without being clipped into the pit on. Now, and my recollection is that Esmond unclipped from the peg, and I abseiled off off the peg, and it didn't it didn't pull out, thank God. And about I think about after about like twenty meters, there was a crack, and I put a, a cam into the crack and clipped the rope into one rope. So if the pit on was to break, if it was to pull out, then I would probably survive because the you know I would like I'd fall twenty meters, and the, hopefully the cam would hold me, but Esmond would be screwed. And then it got to the next anchor, and then Esmond came down, and then the ro then the ropes wouldn't pull, so Esmond had to then like jumar up the rope off the off this piton and uh, and sort it out. So like so that was the story in the book. And then when actually when the book came out, Esmond was like that that I did have to have sail up. That was a true story about the piton, and also and I did have to jumar up the ropes, but it wasn't on the piton. It was like on another anchor. So I'd like amalgamated these two stories like into one, and but does it really matter? You know, does it really matter if it's not true? Like, um, it probably makes it like a little bit more. Yeah, but so anyway, so so if you're writing, if you're writing, sort of like all all anything you write about yourself and about your experiences is always um, semi-fiction because there's 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 three forms of truth. There's like your truth, their truth, and the truth. And it's you know like who who even you know what is it what is the truth what is a fact so so that so there is a, there's always a, an element of things not being true but when you're writing a book like a technical book about how not to die climbing there is no <laughs> there's not much room there for things which aren't true or things you've just made up so 
so it's very it's very stressful but you you're 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 your nose is against this book so for such a long time you start to lose all sense of is you're just it's like so complicated the book and there's so many intermingling elements of the book the like literally at the moment i'm like like last night i was laid in bed and so the the, the end of the book is about descending off mountains so it's not it's not just about abseiling it's about how to get down off a mountain without killing yourself and then I was thinking about this time when I had to piggyback someone uh, off the top of El Cap who, who weighed like 70 kilos or something. So like for nine hours, I had to piggyback them down. And I was thinking how I'd used a rucksack and I'd sort of filled up the bottom part of the rucksack and sort of tied her onto the rucksack. So when I was, so she didn't have to hold on to me. Like holding on to someone is actually very difficult, piggybacking. It was actually quite tiring for you it's even more tiring for you to piggyback, hold on to them. So, so basically, she was like hanging. She was like sitting in a, almost sitting on top of the rucksack, which was, which meant it wasn't that, it wasn't that difficult to carry them down. You just have to be really, really slow. And she also, she did break her leg in the process, but it did, she did get down. So, um, technically, I, I win. Um, so I was, so I was like, oh god, I need to, I need to, like, actually, I should include something like that, like how to get people down if they're injured or something. And then I was like, and then there's this technique where you use a, a rope. So, you you know, you, you get like a coil of rope and you make a like a harness so someone's legs go through two to the coils of the rope and you can you can like carry it, um, carry someone down. So I'm just lit, I'm lit there, you know, like midnight, like thinking about this, like oh, I need to add this and then what else do I need to do? I need to do like making a stretcher out of a rope or, uh, you know, like so, so th- this is a, this is this is the problem with the book like even like the book is really really close to being finished but as soon as it's gone it's going to be like damn like i didn't i needed to do this i need to do this and the the books all the books i've been doing like this like higher education are uh are all print on demand books which means that there is no like there's not like four thousand copies of the book printed at once so i i am a i am able to you know, change things around and update things. And uh, like I looked on uh, higher education at the moment on Amazon, it's got like, 30, I think it's got 35 reviews, which is really cool because it's like a really expensive book and it's like really, you know, it's like a super niche, it's a niche within a niche. Like I was saying to my son yesterday about, uh, you know, how you, he was like, dad, like you're, you're like a climber, but you don't really, you don't really talk about climbing or you're not really, you know, uh, you know, most climbers just, they're just about climbing but you're not you're about all these other other kind of things and I was like yeah you have to be you have to find your niche within a niche and I guess I found like a I've, I've, I'm, I'm several niches in I guess you know stand-up comedian climbing you know big wall climber whatever so 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 I had like 35 reviews for the book which was like really really cool and but when you read through them you, you can see things that aren't that you need to change so so one one thing about down is I really really wanted it to be have be really clear what the diagrams were about each diagram because i knew that was a problem before and it was a problem of uh, of layout basically if you've got if you've got you know 200 200 300,000 words and you've got all these complicated diagrams uh getting them all to to be in the right place is a, is a nightmare cuz you know you get you get everything laid out and then you just increase the font size by one because of you realize it's too small, and then all the all the images are in the wrong place, so all the text, and you just keep you just get in this like anyway. So so I, I found a way of, of of doing this, which means that the diagrams are uh, the more like the, how they're set out. They're all the diagrams are on on one page, so it's much easier to they're like modular. I can move them around much more easily as as the as the text kind of is adjusted at the final stage. Uh, so everything is like hopefully everything is much clearer. But that means now I'm like now I need to go back to to higher education and redo redo higher education, redo all the layout because you know it's if someone's going to sp- spend like forty dollars on a book, uh, you know there's a it's you know it's, it should be as good as I can as good as I can make it. So uh, yeah, so 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 yeah, so so that's what I'm doing. That's all I'm doing at the moment is just sort of trying to finish the last diagrams for the book and at the same time 
getting the feedback from people who are reading the book and from Vanessa and just actioning those like those things. But so yeah, so hope, hopefully, like people keep asking me, when is it going to be finished? And it's like as soon as possible. And I was I was probably disturbed in that Vanessa read. There's a chapter which is just on equipment. There's one chapter about tools, like descending tools, and includes like, you know, like, you know, hand wraps and arm wraps and, you know, South African abseiling technique, you know, like physically where you just use your body, all the way down to all sorts of obscure things. And Vanessa's like, oh, and there's an equipment chapter, an equipment chapter as well, which discusses discusses loads of. You know, like you know, rapid, you know, rapid links. Um, you know, ma- uh, rap, rap rings, abseil tart, capusic loops, all that kind of stuff. And Vanessa was like, "Oh, it's a bit wordy. Like, like you know, maybe you're going into too much detail in the book." And I'm like, "Oh God, maybe I am. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being too detailed." And and that probably is the that probably is the problem with all the books I write, all these kind of books. Is I'm really literally trying to squeeze out like every drop of information in my head about all these um, and all the all these kind of things so maybe it is you know maybe it is that is a maybe it's a problem but that's kind of books I like I like books where you know you go into you know you go into like really really tiny bits of in all detail like I was reading I was reading something about the like I mean I've been I've been getting interested in sort of military clothing because it's a, a very good example of when you take you have like a a, a, de, a design you know you know you have to design something for a practical end user and then you're getting all this feedback over a, over a long period and it's adjusting so the clothing is being adjusted to what the what the, the demand is and you know so how it how like a, a piece of equipment evolves and for me like like a lot of like mountaineering clothing sort of fed into um, military kind of clothing because people are in the outdoors and they have to be able to move and all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, so I've been like reading about a lot of this kind of stuff because I'm, you know, I, I'm, I just find it kind of interesting. Like why, you know, how pockets, like I, I had a jacket recently when I was, when I was in Alaska and this jacket, which, which was a really, really good jacket, but the pockets kept filling with snow. And I was like, why, like what what a pain in the ass like you only start realizing when something isn't well designed when it doesn't work otherwise you don't even realize it um you know things like a like a the other day i was was talking to vanessa i was like do you know how do you know how old a a button is you know like the humble button she's like (laughs) she's like 400 years old i was like no it's like four thousand years old like the button's like one of the you know one of the earliest kind of things that people made you know order to order to keep you know animal skins together and and all this kind of stuff so so yes anybody in this process of reading this i was reading about this uh german rifle that mountain mountain soldiers used to use in the second world war but it had a reinforced uh uh uh, butt not like not the ass of the anyway the the butt that goes in your you know but the rifle the butt of the joke and it had it was actually had metal plating on it and the reason was was that when you were if you're in a if you're like a mountaineering soldier, you often use a rifle to like like almost like a ski pole, like like using it like a stick. So they had to reinforce the thing. So for me, in my brain, that's like that's kind of in for it. That's in, that's interesting information because it's it's the it's it's the feedback from the end user to the designer, and they've like made a change. And it's and 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 uh, for some reason in my autistic brain, I always find that kind of stuff interesting. So. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk. Uh, what I'm gonna do, I'm, I'm gonna, for people who want to get into reading, not reading, get into. That's what I want to get into reading. People want to, want to interested in writing. I, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read something I've written in the past, and then I'm gonna maybe go, th- and I'm gonna go through it again. So you can listen to me reading it, and if that's, if that's good, then you can then, if you enjoy that, then you can just uh, stop there. But then I'm going to maybe try and read back through it and just talk about the why why it's written the way it is or or you know some sort of back some kind of background to it because I don't I don't know what the I, I'm going to as usual I'm not going to actually I've not actually read the thing I'm going to read out I'm just going to read it um, as and then and then go back so there might be nothing about it but um, 
I guess I should point out before I start reading it, because the other day someone asked me if I had any formal training to be a writer. Now anybody who's written, anyone who's read anything I've written will know that I have no, no training whatsoever in anything. So no, I had, I did, um, I did English at school. Uh, but I don't know. I don't think I, I don't think you know. I didn't do very well. I was in the, I was in like remedial English classes. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't basically uh, read or uh, read until I was quite old, like 13 or something. And I couldn't, I wasn't very good at writing, I wasn't very good at writing, but I think I had a good, I had a very good imagination. So that's, that's uh, very important. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't know any, I don't really know anything about grammar at all. Like I don't know, I don't know what a verb is or a noun or I, uh, I have a real problem with uh, spelling and this kind of stuff. And like a really, a really, a really famous publisher uh, editor was Ken Wilson. And Ken Wilson gave me this really good advice once that you know when you're writing a book you have to make it absolutely perfect because if you if you don't you know it's going to be there forever. It's it's almost like having a child and that child is going through the world being a complete arsehole or whatever and it's your fault so it's it's a little bit like that so that that stuck in my mind and I had a real lot of respect for Kim Wilson and when I won um the Boardman Tasker award for my first book Psychovertical I remember he he wouldn't give me he wouldn't give me uh he wouldn't give me uh any feedback on it like I, I met him a few times he would never he would never tell me what he thought of it and then one day, I can't, I can't remember how it happened. He told me that my editor, uh, Tony Whittam, was the kingmaker, which, which I come, I guess he thought that I wasn't a very good writer, and and Tony had basically written written this book, really. And when I won the Bowman Tasker, the judges did say that the um, that the 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 um, the structure of the book was really interesting and that was probably down to Tony Whittam, not down to me. Uh, which is which is these are things that you gotta deal with basically if you look and sound like you're not very clever. Uh, and Ed Douglas said that was my problem, is that I was cleverer than people thought. Uh, so and I but but with all these things, I think the probably the probably the reason why Ken thought that was for a you know for a long time I'd been writing for uh, magazines I'd been writing for like climbing magazine climbing and all this kind of stuff and recently I found an email that I'd sent to somebody at that time and it was almost like illegible like it was it was like it just it was absolutely terrible and I like people must have made such huge um you know like allowances for me like there was something I was like mentally ill or something like my poor editor, who wrote, you know, who was edit my like gear columns, uh, yeah, Christ Almighty, you know, like he really did. He must have put in like so many hours just trying to translate what I was writing into some kind of English, and and so yeah, so maybe I get, I I can imagine the word would get around because everyone kind of knows each other in that world that this person was I guess although idiot savant is probably probably just an idiot basically. And so I'd, I would I would say I often say to young people like it's really important to get your fucking act together like how you speak and how you write how you spell your grammar all this kind of stuff because I was really lucky it, well I could say I was lucky like if I if I'd actually been more careful and and less slapdash I could I could probably be a very successful a much more successful person but. For, it's never it never really seemed that important like I still why do I know what why do I still do why do I still not know what a verb is or a noun or you know all that kind of stuff because because it doesn't really it's not necessary for me to remember what it is like you know I could I could google it now I could tell you what it is but I'd probably I'd just forget it straight away so because it's not it's not important but it really is important if you're trying to make an impression is if you're sending emails or uh, you're writing work and you're going to send it to like the New Yorker or whatever, you know, you've got to make sure it is fucking perfect. You know, one little, like I, you know, you often write a, I'll often write a tweet and I'll be like, 
I'd be like, yeah, that is a fucking good tweet. That's that's amazing. That's 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 totally totally gonna amazing tweet. And then I'll reread it like ten minutes later, and there's a bloody spelling mistake in it. And as soon as someone sees a spelling mistake, they're like, this guy's an idiot. He's a retard. Like, just ignore him. So, and the same with speech as well. Um, you know, you got to you got to try and you know you got to try and be. You know, it's all about communication. So. So I reckon Ken Wilson thought that really. And as as for the structure of Psychovertical, like when I first met Tony Witter, my editor, that was the only thing I had was the structure. This this guy climbs this this route over eleven days, and every every other chapter is one day on that climb, and every chapter in between is his whole life leading up to that climb. And it's like so that was the, that's how the book was sold. So so yeah, so you have to be. Yes, it's uh, a and the more I guess the more you write, the more you uh, the more you prove, the more you prove that you are you have some value uh, as a writer that you that your voice is um, you know it's good and uh, but then if you but then if you write a lot of old shit, then you kind of prove that you prove the opposite that people were right that you aren't you have no talent and that's maybe the problem for me again with like with blogging and stuff is that I don't really put any effort into really editing anything or rereading it or getting anyone else to read it and it's in for me it's kind of disposable so i have lots of i have lots of stuff on my uh you know for me it's, it, as long as it's got some some tiny little value like it's like oh that's an interesting idea or i never thought like that before then it's then it's then it's it's just a thing of it by itself really it's not meant like i haven't got time to spend a week you know, a week writing one blog post. Like sometimes I might write one every single day and I'll just kind of bang them out because it's just like, it's just, it's just data. It's not meant to be anything else, but, but books are kind of different. So I'm going to read, I'm, re- I'm going to read you a, a story <coughs> out of my book, um, Unknown Pleasures, available from Vertebrate Publishing, uh, which is a collection of uh, lots of it's a collect. It's, well, it's called unknown pleasures because the idea was it wasn't. Some of it is actually quite kind of uncomfortable to read. It begins with lots of you know pretty good uh, climbing related you know short stories which are based on which you know it's almost like a best of like a like a hits kind of best hits kind of thing, and then it then it goes more and more into things which aren't anything to do with climbing um, and. Uh, you know various you know they're all they're all kind of they're all about climbing to some extent uh but they're but you know some of them are, are, are more about sort of you know my life and like weird um sort of you know weird things that are going in my head so um so i shall read you uh this this story so this is called the edge of myself which is about a solo ascent of the sea of dreams uh which was like 2000 and 2016 or something some not sure when it was it was some some time in the past and i wrote this uh, i wrote this sitting in the cafeteria in yosemite in a in a uh, what's it called anyway um and so i will probably i probably wrote it out in one in one sitting like i wouldn't have i wouldn't have uh worked out a structure or anything I would have just I would have just started writing it and then I would have got to the end and then I probably would have read through it once and then I would have uh posted it on my blog and then a few years later I copy and pasted it and then probably probably maybe I read it I don't know but then it ended up in this book so I guess the editor uh went through it but I don't think I don't think uh, John who's the editor really changed very much you just probably just checked all the spelling mistakes oh vanessa my wife read through it as well so she might have um uh when the book was finished she when when the book was being edited she read it before it got sent to the editor she probably sorted out some spelling mistakes uh but but basically the structure is how it how it was made so we shall uh we shall we shall explore it together so i shall i have my cup of tea here have a quick one last quick little drink of tea it's gone cold so okay my last day my first easy day ended long and hard and painful as i scraped and scrambled scrambled 
tired and tangled, silent partner locking, the rope running out, on to the rim of El Cap. I had been alone on the wall for 14 days, four of them on half-water rations and the scraps of my food bags. I staggered, stood, staggered again, pulled hard on the still heat of the... Pulled pulled hard in the still heat of darting lizards and baking dwarf trees with charcoal bark away from the edge until I was sure I was beyond beyond gravity's high water mark, safe from the sea. I stood there for several minutes and sure what to do, how to feel, stand or sit, laugh or cry, my legs equally unsure how to address the horizontal world again. But then it's always like that. I know the feeling well. It had been my fourth El Cap solo, my 34th route up the captain. I know how it feels at the end, the relief, the sadness, so desperate for it to be over for so long, yet wanting to hang on. The Sea of Dreams is a route that maintains a mystique, a route that retains a grade of A4+. If you fall, you die, even though it was put up in 1978. Time has no doubt mellowed the climb, with several well-known features, such as the surfboard having fallen off it, as well as some bolts and rivets being added. Nevertheless, it still deserves a Jim Bridwell grade of PDH, pretty damn hard, in most people's books. Although a classic, the sea is rarely climbed, maybe one ascent every two years, and there are many stories of teams bailing off it. Tales of loose and dangerous rock, run-outs, scary obligatory free climbing and bad belays. It is one of the few routes that still has mostly old vaults. Robert Steiner, the German translator of my books, Psycho Vertical and Cold Wars, lost a finger on the route when a loose flake broke and chopped it off. No one I've ever met who has climbed the route has anything but respect for the first ascensionists. They had set out to create the hardest, longest, most sustained big wall climb in the world. The first part of the trip was spent climbing Zodiac for my 11th time, for for my 7th time, with my mate Charles, who wanted to lead a big wall, and my eye was drawn over, who wanted to lead a big wall, and my eye was drawn over to the North America wall and the sea. This area of the wall is like looking over at Mousetrap Zone in Gogarth. Tons of black, loose diorite, mega steep and obviously death on a stick. Tempest scared me a bit, but it travelled up a solid golden sol, it's travelled up solding, sol, solid golden granite. But the sea scared me even more. The horror stories of pitches like Hucko Buck, the Peregrine Pillar, and the Blue Room, and the expanding belay. Cam's placed in an expanding crack. Having hung in my mind for years, dispelling my desire to climb it. The peregrine pillar scared me most. These words from Nick Beckworth have stuck with me since I read them online in the late 1990s. After our three bivvies, after our three bivy, after our third bivy on the wall, I took the peregrine pillar, pillar pitch that morning. This pitch turned out to be one of the hardest, scariest pitches of the climb for me. Starting with a long stretch of no pro 5.8, I arrived at the base of two loose pillars, which I, could, which I would have to climb up the middle of. Watching my cams expand and contract in the loose diorite, I half free climbed, half aided to the top of the pillar. Next was some tricky nailing with a bad fall to the pillar if things went wrong. A few moves up, I started pounding in an angle. The rock started moaning and would not stop. I tapped all the rock around me, all loose and hollow. The moaning continued. I thought sure the entire face was about to go. Finally, the moaning ceased. I decided not to take any more swings at the pin. I tied it off and continued upwards. Finally, some better pins. Then at the belay. And not a moment too soon, this was a long pitch. There was probably no other route on El Cap that scared me more 
than the sea. But then, why not do it for that very reason? Why should I let what others say or write about these pitches put me off about death falls from a from a puzzle of a skyhook from from a puzzle of skyhook moves of car-sized blocks that rattle and move when you nail them or pillars that hang like Jenga blocks that have to be free climbed and from the top of which the hard aid climbing begins I had come to sort my head out to reboot my body and mind something nothing something nothing can do like a hard wall can why run from such a heady dose I had already climbed I had already done Bridwell's other classics on this part of the wall Pacific Ocean Wall and Zenyatamandata and thought the sea would be like these hardish but okay the shine gone from what was one state-of-the-art roots that I'd get the tick but really it would all be down it would all be in the minds of those who had not climbed them but it would be hard sure it would be hard but I'd nail it and come down a hero overcoming all the stories and just dealing with the hard facts so up I went a huge rack 30 litres of water and 10 days food that could be stretched a little years of experience to guard me against what I might find I was ready for battle but not a war I didn't it didn't seem to take long to climb all the lower pitches which although not easy were okay with care and attention and reached the continental shelf and the hook or book pitch this was the first if you fall you die pitch on El Cap and involved crossing a vertical wall mainly on sky hooks with rivets and old pegs at the start for protection at the halfway point you lower off a rivet a five millimeter machine bolt hammered into a shallow hole will swing round until you can reach an edge with a sky hook then the fun starts as you begin a game of chess with the rock hooking further and further right stepping high with hooks on tiny nicks and edges searching for the next hook you slowly get to the point that if you fall you will fall into the corner from around th- around 30 meters below luckily protection is at hand halfway to the belay in the form of a nest of copperheads and luckily when i reached them i saw that all but one had fallen out getting out my copperheads i tried to replace them but the depth of these heads is as shallow and ill-defined as if you pressed a matchstick into some clay fortunately there was a solid flake beside them so i banged backed up the heads with a bomber sky hook held down by my tag bag funnily i'd actually believed this would be true was true at the time from there you press on you never wait the heads they're only there for pro hooking further and further hoping you won't go the wrong way and end up in the book and there's the belay it's done it's boring to describe every pitch but i doubt i've climbed the route so sustained and mentally exhausting an experience probably not helped by being alone I was out of condition at the start and my hands swelled up so much I couldn't get my gloves on. I just had to hope and the speed with which they healed was greater than the pain. Again and again I got to the point where I could not puzzle out how to progress. One time I had to wrap off and try again the next day. But each time I solved the puzzle by following my big wall motto, if in doubt, get high. Yet over and over again I found myself top-stepping on some placement that defied reason to hold me. The days were hot, and still, and often still, and windless deep, and windless deep within the womb of the North American wall, and three litres a day was pushing it. I found no easy pitches, forcing me to get up at dawn and climb in the dark, the punishment and stress unrelenting. But I could not stop. I had to get to the top before I ran out of water. And then one morning, I woke up to find myself at the foot of the peregrine pillar. Again, I won't go into into blow-by-blow details, only to say it begins with an unprotected traverse on creaky flakes, where if you fell, you'd probably break your legs if you swung down into the North America wall. Then you reach the pillars, a set of high blocks sitting on top of each other, 
that look as if they would simply topple off if you lay backed up them. Half aiding with nuts, not cams, so as to limit the chances of prizing the blocks off, and half free climbing, I'd call it frayed climbing, I made my way up this tottering nightmare, and sure, if it was C158 or C4XS, then carefully mantling, I was standing on top of the pillar, the rest of the pitch before me, A4 climbing with the pillar to hit if I fucked up. The blue room was special. The wall was getting looser and looser, the very skin of it overlaid with cardboard thin flakes that flexed and grated against my toes. Flakes I feared would fracture and sail down and cut my rope. Any pin placed felt as if it would could unlock the whole wall and cause it to fall down. The entire feature held on a hair trigger. Up there in the black rock, nothing was safe, especially me, my lines getting hung up again and again on downward pointing teeth of rock. Again and again I asked for a break, but never, but never was one forthcoming. The easy snap of a portal edge corner in my fingers, in my finger, finding an edge, all I was given. Again and again I would find myself laughing at what I was forced to do, a hook tied to my hammer for a blind hook mover out of reach, a cam hook behind a flake as thin as bone china, opposing beaks in horizontal in a horizontal crack crowded with broken rep tips. My food ran out, my water ran low. It was my 44th birthday and my birthday tea was a packet of M&Ms and the final brew of tea before my gas ran out. It felt like a feast. Me, of all people, 44 years old and still alive and out here in the middle of the sea. My body grew thinner and harder, got stronger like it does on a wall, then broke down like it does on a wall. I slept with my arms above my head, as if I as if I was surrendering, the only way to stop my hands feeling as if they were about to burst. And then I was almost there, three pitches off the North America three pitches of the North America wall, the end of the sea, and an easy day I thought, but alone nothing is easy. And so I stood there, fourteen days on, at the end again, and all a year older and not the man who started, with all his doubts and thoughts and old troubles. I was broken down by the wall, skin and bone and fat and brain and thought rendered to junk by the toil of it all. I stood there and looked around, feeling the feeling you get at the end of all such adventures as this, at the rim of the wall, at the edge of myself. So, so first thoughts as I'm reading that is uh, it's very, it's quite technical. Um, like only someone who's probably climbed a big wall would probably understand some of what's going on. And it's not really, uh, it's not really filling in the details. If you were writing something for outside magazine or something, you'd have to, ex you'd have to give some biographical detail about about Jim Bridwell and about the team who climbed the wall and when it was and how long they were on it for. You'd have to tell, explain about El Capitan. Um, so some of it is not, some of it is not that clear as if I'm being, if I'm on my, if my editor's head. Uh, but, this is some, but I think it's got some, it's got some value in it. But that is that, that's a, like if I was reading, it's, because this because this book is is there's quite a lot of climbing related stuff in it where other books i think cold wars and things it wasn't super technical and neither is psycho vertical i think it was written for like for, for a normal person would understand what's going on so um so i think if i said if i if i wrote this again if i was if i was writing another book and it had this chapter in it it'd probably be a lot longer and it would you're probably more descriptive about about some aspects of it, but it's obviously written. It was written, you know. You're sitting in a cafeteria. You know, you're not you're not probably right trying to write a great piece of fiction, but you probably could. You, you could probably make it better. Like, I mean, there's lots of stuff as I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, why didn't you why didn't you mention that bit? Like, when I got to the top of the peregrine pillar, 
I remember that there was uh, there was actually a there was actually a, a huge bird's nest behind it, and it was all made out of pieces of uh, plastic, and it was obviously Peregrine that built it, and it was so beautiful. It was like really, really beautiful. It was like a piece of artwork. It was really amazing. And I didn't take a photograph of it for some reason either. So, so that was uh, so yeah. So sometimes you it's a bit it's a bit like if you're if you're a comedian or you're telling a story, you're always building up to like the payoff. So the payoff would be that you're telling the story about the climb of the Peregrine Pillar. And I would probably, I would probably, if I were writing that again, I would probably include the smell of it because there's a lot of smell of, there's horrible smells on El Cap of like bats, bat shit and bird shit and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So you'd have a smell of, the, the smell of like when rocks move around, they actually make a smell. And you would try and create that kind of sense of like building up this, climbing this pitch would make it much longer the, the the piece of writing about that and you would then uh but then the payoff would be that you've just done this really terrifying thing that you've been thinking about for a long time the thing that really terrifies you and then when you get to the top you get the payoff there's this beautiful thing this beautiful nest and uh but then you have to start climbing the next the next bit above it and uh, <laughs> i think the bit the bit maybe there was there were some pictures which were really hard I didn't know much. Didn't know much about. I found them more scary. Like the blue room, I remember the the I remember the bits on it where I just thought like the whole thing was gonna. I remember like climbing. It was a crack, like a horizontal crack that went across this big block. And as I was like, I was like hammering in a peg. I could feel the the vibration in my toes, uh, which was touching the thing. So it just felt like the whole thing was just like just sitting there to fall, falling off. So, but I guess it was. I guess I wrote this very very uh very quickly so it is what it is really that's kind of how i write things are as as they are um i think the first is for first of all it's it's a classic piece of sort of um climbing writing writing where i'm I'm, yeah i'm starting at the i'm starting at the end of the story basically the end of my story i'm on the top i'm struggling you know i'm obviously tired i'm trying to i'm i'm tired i'm frustrated I'm staggering, I stood, I staggered again, pulling hard in the still heat of darting with lizards and ba- baking dwarf trees with charcoal bark. So one one thing that's quite important is the cadence, is a cadence when you're writing. So that's, this has got like, this is like about four words too long. I staggered, stood, staggered again, pulling hard in the still heat of darting lizards and baking dwarf trees with charcoal bark. So I think that with charcoal bark is probably that doesn't need to be there because it kind of it kind of makes the cadence the cadence is, is that right? So it's just too long, like because your brain your brain is on you. It's just like a song, basically. Uh, you know, you know how like you know. <laughs> I can't, I'm not very good at remembering songs, so I was going to ring you a little song then. Um, I do anything. <laughs> For you, you know, but, but you know, there's there's a there's a there's a way it's supposed to go, really. So, um, so I can recognise that's uh, that's a mistake. Um, so there's a few things like away from the edge until I was sure I was beyond gravity's high water mark, safe from the sea. So you're making you know the sea, sea of dreams, blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff. I think you're you're always the more you write, the more you wince at things like oh god, you know. There's a few. There's probably few, there's not too much in here. I was like wincing, you know, where you use, uh, you know, you're, you're a little bit cliched. Like it, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not a, you're not a professional. I am a professional. No, I'm not a professional writer. I just write and I make make a living out of it. But I'm not a professional at it. So, you know, if you want it, the the the. Martin Amos says that writing is the war against cliche, and I think it's definitely true. You definitely read, definitely read your old your old writing, and you're like, oh god, that's terrible, you know. It's, so it's kind of unavoidable because it's it's writing basically. You're, you're, you're just, you've just got you've got the English language, and you've only got so many words, and so many everything's been said before. So it's not it's not that easy. So, but anyway, so so you know, so it begins. It begins at the end of the story, and then you begin at the start, and then it and it all ties up back at the end. And um, you know, you could like cut out that first, the first paragraph, and just paste it in to before the before the last paragraph, 
and then it would it would just be like linear uh, and it would it would make, it should make like total sense and it's kind of uh you know it's like really com it's like super super common uh, to do that because it, what, what is really important is if you try and be too clever with this kind of stuff people just don't get it like i remember having i remember when nick bullock was writing his book writing his first book and like nick bullock's like he's probably a bit like me really you know he's he's he's, he's got some he's got a lot of really good stories to tell but he's not like a professional he's not a professional writer he's like trying to become a professional writer you know he's, he writes a lot and he's blogs a lot and he's you know he's got really good things to say and stuff but it's like it is is the is in the process of trying to become a great writer and i think both of us probably when we get to about 80 years old we might have some we might have some talent at it but we're, we're always like reaching to try and overreaching ourselves basically as 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 human beings and as writers and i remember like when i was reading some of nick's writing as like like writing is supposed to make you think but it's not much it's not much it's it's not it's not made, it's not you're not meant to think like what the fuck's going on you know you're supposed to be thinking like you know what the fuck's going on you know i didn't not as what the fuck's going on like i don't understand what's going on you know what's going on where are we like where a minute ago you were here now we're here like what's going on so it's it's a very it's a very subtle it's a very subtle thing to be able to to see through the eyes of the reader and i'm reading this i can see that I'm, i i didn't do that so, so well because there's like some language in there that doesn't make wouldn't make any sense to a non-climber, but that it's not some not so bad because it's, it's you know probably climbers would buy this, but um, but you don't want to be like like I don't understand like where a minute ago we were here and now we're here like who's talk who's talking now and and so the ability to the ability to tell a story that you know intimately well because you were there to someone who wasn't there. Is actually a really important, a really important skill, and to uh, you know, don't assume, don't assume too much. Like people can, you know, you can you can create like a, fa- a fantasy, you know, r- reality where you don't have to explain everything. If you read a book like, you know, a classic book like June or something like that, or Harry Potter, or whatever, you know, she's not going into like the the socioeconomic. Uh, implications having like a, a wizarding you know fantasy reality next to like you know reality and all this kind of stuff she you know she not, not everything has to be dis- explained but you know we know who we know when harry's speaking and when hermione is speaking and and all that kind of stuff so that's kind of important um uh yeah, because it's guess you're trying you're trying to condense like this is only this is only six pages. You're you're trying to one, two, three, four no, it's only four pages. It's only four pages long. You're trying to condense fourteen was it fourteen days? Fourteen days on this big wall in and about your mental and physical state, some background about you, some background about the route, some feeling of, of uh danger, um the feeling of being by yourself, this person is, um, you know, inflicting this climb upon himself for some some deeper purpose. All in four pages. So maybe maybe that does it. Maybe that maybe that's maybe that's good enough. Like you know, some people could write this as a whole book about climb the sea of dreams. And I guess psychovertical is a book about soloing a route which wasn't as long as this. Um, but then you've got all the stuff in bet- you've got all the stuff in between. So it'd be quite interesting to rewrite Psychovertical and do it, you know, you could do it, do it again. It'd be interesting because it'd, so, it'd be so far off. Maybe it's our solo to see your dreams 2001. So it's going to be like 20 years ago soon. Um, I guess so much of it, so much of experiences just end up becoming the story. It doesn't, you don't, you don't have any memory of the real experience anymore. It's like, um, that's why, that's why you have to really, that's why, you know, when people say like, oh, I was like sexually abused, or I was, you know, this thing happened to me, like often, often these things didn't happen, you know, the, the story becomes a reality, a story you've told, and I think that's, you often find this with people who are, who are, uh, you know, lying all the time, who just go through life telling lies, because they really start to believe these things are true, like people who lie about climbing routes, or, uh, you know, they've told, they've told a story so many times, it's like, well, 
I kind of have done it, you know, you know, so you don't even know, they don't even know what's true and not false anymore. So a bit, again, that's back, back to the peg, the peg story. Um, so, yeah, so, so I guess it, when it, when you start writing something, it's like you write, it's the opportunity to tell the story about something that happened to you. And I'd, I'd always begin, I would always tell people to begin writing something really simple and have some, instead of getting something, instead of having like this ginormous story, you know, trying to, trying to tackle this massive story in your life, something that happened in your life, is, is try and write a really, really simple story about this, this you know, something really, really tiny, really tiny event that actually has some really significant meaning, um, you know, that, that everyone can understand. Like if you're talking about the time you went to the, you went to the moon and your space capsule was damaged and you, you thought you thought you were going to die, but you managed to repair it and get back to earth, you know, there's not a lot in that, that most people are going to, people are going to like the story if you can write it well. But if you write it badly, it's, people are not going to like it either. So it's so you know if you write a story, you know on like a much a much smaller level about you know meeting up for a cup of tea with someone you've not you've not seen for like ten years, and you know you know you or just you know going to sh- <laughs> just like really tiny re- really tiny little stories. Just write one page about something that's really, really, really mundane. Like you know, when you when you make a cup of tea, like you always like pick the tea bag out with your right hand. You know, like why why would you do that? You can pick it out with your left hand. You know what? Why why do you do it like that? And you know, when was the first cup of tea you had? And does it is it what does it represent? Like a cup of tea or <laughs> stuff like that? Do you always tie your shoelaces? Do you always tie your right foot first? Um. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just talking a lot of crap now. I can't think. Of, I can't think. I'm trying to think of a good example of of a, like in in this book. There's a there's a chat. There's a book called. There's a story called um, a piece of wood. I think, which is about this uh, this piece of wood that I used to have on the end of my bed, and um, that I found in Yosemite, and the bed collapsed, and I and I mended it with this piece of wood I'd found in Yosemite. And but it's really but it's really a story about loneliness, being lonely, and but so so yeah that's a, that's a, that's a good example of like a really anyway but maybe I'll, maybe I'll read that maybe I'll read that story next um, I'll read I'll 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 go through that so I don't know I, I was gonna I was gonna actually read but read 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 through it but I don't think it's probably worth it because it's um it's uh. Anyway, if you like, if you if you think I should, if I'll read, I'll 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 stop now, and because I just can't be asked reading it all again, but <laughs> but give me some feedback if you want me to read reread these things, uh, and talk more about how I read it. But it's, it's very hard to get back into into my head when I wrote this because I was probably just I was probably just wasted, and just my hands are all swollen. I'm sitting in the cafeteria, uh, just wanting to write write it up, write up some kind of semi semi creative um experience of the of the event really it's the more like a it's co- it's more like a probably a, a high a high end diary entry it's not like a piece of um piece of literature um but i will i will uh, i'll i'll read i'll read you some um something i would say that was well that was that was well written um another time in this in this series of uh of um things i'll also go and i'll go away and lend some lend some uh, songs for you as well to keep you going so anyway so that's that's your lot how long we've we been talking for we nearly an hour so uh anyway as a, as a little aside um thank you for all your emails about uh questions and everything else and uh I, actually tomorrow to, what i'll do tomorrow i'll i'll post i'll post some answers to some questions i'll do it now because i can't be asked doing it tomorrow and I'll post it to, I'll have it posted so that'll be up for tomorrow. Um, for anybody who sent me some, so I'll answer some questions you have sent me, and then you've got something to listen to tomorrow. And the day after that, I shall do, I shall do a bit more, more reading. Maybe I'll try and do have less swearing in it, because then, uh, 
maybe like small children can listen to it as well. Maybe. Fuck them. No. Don't want to do Don't do that. Anyway, so thank you for listening and I shall talk to you tomorrow. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.